Welcome to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. This is what the gospel is. And you know, I love acronyms, right? Oh, do you call it acrostic or acronyms? Are they the same? No, they're not. Okay, I'll say acronyms anyway. Right? Go on. Sharing. Proclaiming. Eternal life. So if you look at the word gospel, go on sharing, proclaiming eternal life. Or to us musicians and singers, go on singing, proclaiming eternal life. But it ain't go on sinning to proclaim eternal life. But even if that happens, he has given us eternal life. Amen. So friends, it's about us going out and sharing and proclaiming this eternal life. That's what the gospel is. It's about good news. And today, we have the, we have the pleasure and the privilege of having two wonderful and amazing, what I would call, uh, not, well, I would say missionaries, but, in, but individuals who've, who've been affected and impacted by the gospel and how what, what, what they now have done and how they have taken this message and what they are planning to do and how God has been leading them. So we've got to start off with this morning. I would love for you to put your hands together and welcome Livia D. Alcantara. D. Alcantara. Livia D. Alcantara. Amen. And you know, Livia, and where's Joaquim? Come on. And Zoe. So this lovely couple and family have come, arrived here in May. And uh, as you know, Joaquim, he shared his testimony a few weeks ago. He's a coach with, with Hassa. And uh, this, this powerhouse of a woman has served in Mozambique for seven. seven years. And you know what she said? She served in a place where there was no uh, electricity or water. And she lived in, in that place. So today she's here to share with us, you know, the power of the gospel in her life and how she, how she has seen that expressed as she's been in different countries and in India as well. So God bless you as you share with us this morning. Hi, good morning, church. So let's see how it goes because I have never shared English. <laughs> it's my first time. So, yeah, as you all know, uh, we are here for three months and my family is here. I grew up in a small family. Well, for some, it's not small. I have three sisters. And uh, my mother, she always dreamed about having a daughter in a mission, to be a missionary. I always said, no, I don't want. And when I was 13, I became a newborn. My mother always took us to the church. I was always hearing the, 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 the word, and I always knew the word of God. And, but when I was 13, I became a newborn. I understood that my mother was a Christian. She had Jesus, but I had to do my own decision. So, and then from that time, I start to think, I want to learn more. I want to understand more about the Bible. And I was curious 
about how God works in people's life. And when I was 19, I'm just resuming, okay? <laughs> when I was uh, 19, I went to a small Bible study, uh, theology. I haven't finished uh, because I was studying, working, and doing this at, during the weekend was tough. And in 2001, I met some people from YWAM. I don't know if some of you have heard about YWAM. So in 2001, I went to YWAM to do my DTS training. And I haven't I didn't go to college, to university. Uh, I just finished my high school and went to uh, YWAM. And since then, I am in mission. So since 2001, I am in mission. I started in my hometown, Goiânia, in Brazil. And in 2004, I went to north of Brazil, where uh, YWAM, they work with indigenous people, uh, community people. And they do this training about healthcare and also malaria, because some part of Brazil we do have still have malaria, and they do this training. So I went to there and I did this training. Uh, and in 2007, I went to my husband is saying, "Calm down," <laughs> but I don't have time to speak slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, and in 2007, uh, I went to Mozambique for the first time. But before showing you some pictures, I want to read some uh, verse from the Bible. But first, look at this picture. What can you see? It's a boy. So this is a bread. Yeah, this is a bread. Uh, it's the best picture I found. <laughs> so he's... Throwing a bread in the water. Um, you can, can you imagine how this bread will become, how, how it's going to sink or float? Yeah. Next picture, please. Sorry, I have, the, <laughs> I'm not used to this. Maybe you get your bread is going to be lost. Some bird is going to eat it or some fish and you don't have the bread anymore. Uh, there is one verse from the Bible. It, it doesn't work. Okay. Ecclesiastes 11, um, 1 to 6, but I'm going to stay only with this first. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. As you saw in the pictures before, can you imagine you... Cast your bread upon the waters. How are you going to find it? Is it possible to find it after many days? Are you going to have it back? Because birds can eat, fish can eat, and it's going to sink. sink. You're going not to find it. If you see with your well, normal eyes, but in a spiritual way, spiritual way, we can find it. And what the Solomon is talking to us about this, there are some interpretations. One of the interpretations he's saying to us that we give to the poor. So we give, we see people in need, and we give to those in need. And after some 
while some days, I don't know when, if, if we are in need, maybe we get in return some help also. Another interpretation is back in those days, um, Solomon is telling his readers, um, if you sow the seed, for example, the Nile, the river Nile, when the, the water is, was going down, people used to sow, to throw the seeds, and when the water was uh, going down, the seed would get lost there, and it would grow, and they would have a beautiful harvest. So one of the interpretations is that throw, he was saying, throw the, the seeds and on the waters, and then after some days, you're going to have it back. And one of my particular interpretations is that we are the bread, and Jesus is the water. So we should share what God has put in our hearts, what we have um, experienced in, with Christ, and live our lives to God. And through this bread upon these waters, and Jesus is the water. He's the living water. And um, in 2007, I went to Mozambique for the first time. As I told about why I'm in Brazil, in the north, they do this malaria training, and I have done this before. Uh, so I, was, I went to Mozambique to teach some people about how to use the microscope, how to diagnose malaria, how to treat and prevention and all this stuff. And I was also a volunteer in a, in a hospital, in a lab. And one day I was, as I was a volunteer I, in a lab, I didn't have much contact with people because I was always inside. But one day I went outside, I was going home and I saw this boy, um, because it's normal, people go to the hospital and they take hours and they lay down on the floor and they wait hours and hours. If they are sick, they still there. And I saw this boy, he was there. I used to see this every day when I was there. But some particular, I just, my eyes just got that boy. His name is John. And he was shaking. He was having convulsion. And he had high fever. And uh, he was having cerebral um, malaria. It's like very dangerous. In a few hours, he would be dead. So I took that boy. I could not have done this. I took that boy. I went to the... Uh, into the hospital, the place I, in the hospital I have never been, and I was asking for help, and they were, no, there is nothing we can do now. He should wait for the lab results. Um, we don't have it now. And I, I was praying and crying inside because I could see if he had not got help, he would die that moment or in an hour. He, it was very serious. Then I prayed and I asked the, the, the nurses, please help, please help. And they don't have those, um, I don't know English, but scalp, is it the same? To, to, take, to put the medicine. 
So I went to another place, I ran, and I took this, I brought this for the, 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 the nurse, and they gave the medicine to him. And she, she, he would stay in the hospital for a week or more. And the third day, I went to see that boy, he was not there. And I was, oh my God, <laughs> he died. What happened? And then I went to the nurse. I asked, how is John? What happened? They said, you, don't you know? God has done a miracle. He's at home now. Amen. Yeah, so it was. Whew. And it was my first experience with um, a boy or a person in a, in a se severe malaria case. Because in Brazil, we don't get it often. But in, in Mozambique and in Africa, it's, malaria is very high, and uh, um, it's one of the, the death cows in the hospitals. It's still very dangerous, very high. And another situation, and this is John, when I went, I left, just left the hospital and I went to visit his family and he was there sitting. He was finishing his medicine at home and praise God, he is alive. And he is less one in the rate of death of malaria. He's, he survived. And another um, situation is this uh, grandma, he is a widow. Antonia, um, some old people in Mozambique, in Africa, I think my friends from Zimbabwe, they can say it, uh, especially the ladies. When they are old, they are accused to be witch because the, the, most of them, they don't live long life. And she was not even 60. But uh, the life there is so difficult and so many diseases that if she's alive, it's because she's a witch. She has done something. So when they see old people, especially ladies, they try to kill even though people from their family. And this lady, she was abandoned, abandoned by her family. And in YWAM there, we used to still, they are still working with widows. And people ask, why you work with widows? Because they are human and they also need the love of God. They, they need to feel the power of the gospel in their lives. And uh, this lady, she was in a situation like no one wants to touch her. She couldn't hold, um, that is a specific word in English, but she couldn't hold urine. She has the blood, um, bladder, yeah, incontinence. And yeah, she was not smelling so good and no one wants to take care of her. So I said, okay, first we pray. <laughs> and then I went to visit her. She came to our YWAM base and every day, I was, uh, also I got some help from some local people and she had lots of dirt clothes. I took those clothes and we washed because we could not throw the clothes away because it's her stuff. So it's like kind of respect. And every day we gave, give her a bath and she was 
becoming better, she was also uh, sharing that, why are you, go are you doing this for me? Why? I'm old, my family doesn't want me, my family is, they don't care. Why do you care? And sh she was talking in her uh, um, dialect, Senna, Masena, and I couldn't. I, have, I, I know some words, but I don't speak. But I always have some translator. And they, they were sharing that she was feeling the, the love of God. She was scared. And uh, one day she prayed with some of our Mozambique ladies, and she uh, became a newborn. Yeah. And praise God. She's, people there is testifying, and they, are, they know they, they are having this power of the gospel in their lives. Another situation that I have lots of to share, but <laughs> it's just small. In Mozambique, as pastor said, I used to live in a place that is no running water, no electricity, and no public uh, um, transport. Um, and uh, we have a partnership with Mercier, they still have. And they have this helicopter. They, we used to flew to uh, many villages. And there, those people, they are forgotten. They are not counted. They don't have uh, IDs. So when we read about how many people are there, how many deaths, how many newborn, so it's, they, these people, they are not counted. They are really forgotten by, by the government. And by many. And we used to, this, to do these uh, clinics. We clean wounds. We teach about prevention. We, we give vaccination to the children. We keep um, seeing how they are growing. And also, uh, we... As I have this training about malaria, uh, we want to teach people how to use the microscope. But not only to use and not only um, to, to treat, but we have this training, this school, we teach the gospel also. And uh, the training is not only for, the, for Christian people. The training is for everyone who wants to learn. And in the school, Three months of school, we teach everything, and also we teach about God, the love of God. And we build lab. One, we build one lab in Mozambique. We build one lab in Senegal. This is in Senegal because I work there also in Senegal. And also in Mozambique, we. This is the last lab we built there, and this is kind of particular <laughs> because we we had this money this found to build the lab and those mic microscopes to, to, to share, to give. But um, we don't want to build in our area because people would not come. So we did this partnership with the government. So we built the lab and they sent us workers. So those uh, with white, they're those nurses, they are from the government. So 
it's like kind of partnership and people is have is being blessed there so and uh, the, they can go and be treated there and do the the test there and it's much better now so we praise god this day was the opening day i wasn't there i was in brazil so <laughs> it's like we sow the seed and another one will harvest it but I was so happy to see this um, coming, this dream coming true. And many people, they, they can um, hear from God. They can be taught by the God. Because this is the power of the gospel. It's not only for me. I can, I can feel it. I, I know that it's power in the gospel. But when... Do you remember last week, Pastor? Um, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Kevin, sorry. He, he shared about this um, widow in the Bible. that she, she brought all the pots and, the, the, and God filled it with oil. And he said, when we are f- full, it's going to overflow because this is going to touch others so this is what we have to to this is what have to happen with us we have to touch other people and god expected this for, for, from us and the command to go is not only for me as a missionary it's not only for Pastor Larry, as a pastor, it's for everyone. And in this verse, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, he, is, he, 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 he says to us, take action. We need to take action. He said, Throw, uh, cast your bread upon the waters and be aware of inaction. Don't get stuck there. Oh, but I don't have, I am too old, I'm too young, I cannot do this, I'm too busy. We can share the gospel every time, all day. This is for God. If we feel the, the power of the gospel. And another, this is a little baby. She's eight months. She was eight months that time. Once I went to the village and uh, her grandmother came. And she said, please help me. My granddaughter is dying. And this grandmother, she had another daughter, one year. She was feeding both. Because the uh, Fatima's mother died just after the birth. So the mother, uh, the, the grandmother was like in a situation, what can I do? Some of them would let the baby die because they choose one to feed. Even though when they are twins or when what, they are three, they feed one. They choose one to feed. So this grandmother, she, this grandma, she came and please help me. And if we have left Fatima in the village, she would not be alive now. And she was uh, eight months, and her weight was 1.7. She was so tiny. And this dress she's wearing, it's a doll outfit. It's a little... <laughs> And we took, and the, there was a one uh, orphanate um, running by um, 
England late, so we took Fatima there and they could take care. I want to have Fatima, I want to take care of her, but I couldn't. So the government would not allow it. And this is Fatima after two months. So this is what the gospel does. This is the power of the gospel. He transforms, he keeps people alive. And another lady, uh, Maria. I went to the Mont village also, and we just landed there. And I heard some ladies screaming. And people didn't want, especially her family, didn't want us to go inside the, the small house because she was really bad. She was like dying. She was uh, skinnier than this. She is very skinny in this picture, but she was worst. She is smiling in this picture. She, had, uh, she was HIV positive, and also she has TB. Uh, she was asking for help. She couldn't talk, but she was screaming, screaming. So we went there. I spoke with uh, our pilot, and he said, let's take her to, to the local hospital that was not a good hospital but when we had people like this we always take the then there and Fatima uh, Maria she became better she start to walk and uh, one day she start to asking for f different food for because she was tired of the food from the hospital and she said I want chicken I I want chicken because chicken in this area, it's like, hmm, it's a big thing. It's like if you have guests, you're going to have chicken. If you have like chickens for wedding, chickens for every party. And uh, the pilot said, here's some money if you need uh, some to take care of medicine for Maria. And that day I had that money. So I went to, and I bought some chicken for her. And the the local people said, are you crazy? Are you going to give chicken to her? Yes, she wants chicken. <laughs> so I, yeah, for the local people, they went, no, you cannot do this. Please, it's chicken. You're going to give chicken to her? Yes, I'm going to give. And she was so happy. This is love. Mm -hmm. And this is God. This is gospel. This is the power of the gospel. And she could experience, after some, I think after four months, she died because her family took her back to the village. She didn't finish her treatment. If she had finished, because in, um, in Mozambique and some other uh, African country, they first go to the witchcraft because the spirits are here and God's so far. So they first go, so they, her family took her and they, they took her to the witchcraft and unfortunately she didn't finish her treatment, but I praise God she could feel the love of God in her life. Amen. 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 Livy, I've got a question for you. Mm -hmm. How, you know, with these experiences that you've had, how has that impacted you personally? Wow, it, a lot. Like, I could not, never be the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I'm... When I look back, um, my father said, what are you going to do in that place? You don't have money. I said, well, here also I don't have money, so if I stay and I go, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
so I went, and, and I didn't have uh, many people or church to support me. Mm. It was tough. It was very difficult. But I went because I, I believed, and I knew that God knows those people. They, they are forgotten by people, but not by God. And I, I know God uh, has something special for them. And I am never, I could never be the same. And so, and my last question here for you would be, in you coming here to Australia, right? It's obviously very different from Mozambique. Yes. So how do you feel? <laughs> I have electricity. <laughs> <laughs> and running water. <laughs> so how, and chicken. And chicken. So and meat. How, <laughs> beef. How, how would you feel that, how, how do you how do you feel God is going to God is using you in this in this space? How do you think you can share the gospel here? Well, um, because Mozambique is an open country, of course, Australia is also open. Now, friends, she's I've never given her these questions, so she's been put on the spot. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, and this country is of course open, but there are so many cultures here. African, uh, Africans here, Asians here, and South Americans here, and North American also. There are lots of uh, opportunities to share the gospel. And so we are praying to find a way and uh, the key to reach these people and to reach their hearts mm-hmm. and to share uh, our living God. Amen. Amen. Did I answer yes, your question? Yes, very, very good. I'm going to invite Peter to share his, his story now. Huh? Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Friends, let's put our hands together and thank Livia for this. Peter, if I can invite you forward. Now, Peter is, um, Peter is from South Sudan. Yeah. So he's a South Sudanese. And we've just... Uh, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't like to use the word employed, but we've just got him to be part of our HASA program. And he's what I would call a youth worker or a or our South Sudanese coordinator. So he's working in partnership with us, right? And so I thought this would be really, really good for us to hear from him what God has laid on his heart for the people here. Go for it, Peter. Um, amen. <laughs> Um, yes, um, I want to um, thank you for the opportunity and also just let me know uh, in my 15 minutes, uh, let me for 10 minutes before I reach, um, yes. Um, yes, um, yes, you know, what my sister here is um, really um, um, allowed me to think about my country also. I thought that my country, South Sudan, was uh, only a country uh, with uh, in poverty line, but uh, it's now become African. Uh, so, and this is, this is something people made to, uh, to put people there. And, you know, my country, there is a lot of oil running like a river, but, you know, uh, people are really in poverty, and and that is that is something that we need to pray for it, 
And that is all over um, African. And some of African countries like that, unless um, the um, uh, Paul Kigami country is now a stable country. We pray God for that, and we pray for him. Yeah, so, so all the pictures that is here, uh, they are still, there are two pictures, and they are existing in certain uh, country. So that's what I want to acknowledge, and thank you for that. So now, um, I, want to, I want to say, uh, you know, there is nothing that came out from nothing. So I want to acknowledge people that uh, work hard and make this rope. So they, they are wonderful people, and they, you know, you know, for a short tone, a place like, like this, there is cert, certain people that are working hard, and they're made to be a good place. So I want to say thank you, and I think God bless you. So in order to receive, uh, you need to give. So this is something that you give to God, and I hope that you receive a blessing. Yeah. So, yes. Um, yeah, that is uh, my name, Peter, um, Peter Aguto, uh, from South Sudanese community. Um, yes, um, I'm worried about my time, so I, w- I would, I would, <laughs> I w- I'm, yes, I'm a bit um, nervous about the time, and so, yeah, <laughs> thank you, yeah. Um, so what are the content that I want to hear uh, with you um, is um, hearing the, the writers and the pace. This is what I want to hear uh, because uh, I think most of you, uh, if you can look in the book of Rome, Rome 1, uh, 16, uh, this is the content of, uh, of my message. It is uh, being a writer's person, uh, what are the things that you need to achieve? And what I think that you need to cast out from your life. And pace also, uh, you know the definition of pace is being competent, uh, trust, and in the word of God. And even trust someone also um, is, uh, is a path. And so, yet whom, I am, whom am I as a Peter in the word of God? This is what I want to hear. Uh, with you. Uh, I was baptized in Anglican Church um, in 1991. Just went to church because my, uh, my parents went to church and I was baptized. Uh, I, I grew up in the church, uh, but I have no time to read the Bible. I just go because my youth, they go to, to the church. So I was, um, uh, I was a just church goer. And so when I, when I studied the Bible, and, and I learned the Bible, and I have commitment uh, through the Bible. And then I changed uh, I, I change my life, and then I went to Seventh-day Adventist Church. So this is where now I am uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. I pray on Saturday. But sometimes I have to build some uh, other denomination. So uh, last year I came to this church, and just to visit and to see. So what encouraged me in the church here is the way that people thinking think, sing a song, so it's very, very, very powerful. It's very powerful, you know, to pray the to pray God, uh, quiet and be lazy, you know, nothing motivate you. Even God cannot listen to you. 
So you, you, need, you, need to be, you need to have powers, and then so that you have to have, have, to have ability uh, to call the God. So this is what I like. So keep, keep that. I hope that that is very powerful. Uh, so, so I will not, so my belief as Peter, as a person, in Ten Commandments, in Ten Commandments, and I will not go through all Ten Commandments, and this is where, where I see myself, my belief in Ten Commandments. Uh, so, uh, and that is some, somewhere that you need to tick some box in Ten Commandments. You need to tick a, a box so to, to make sure that um, you have a faith and you, have, and you are a righteous person. Not all of them, but at least you need to have, make sure. Yeah. So do, uh, one of ten commandments, do not commit adultery. It is something I have been blessed and I tick the box. Stand here. This is something I have to believe that I tick the box. Do not steal. This is something that I believe in my Christianity that I tick the box. And do not kill. This is something that I believe. And you know, that I, I have to hear something about, you know, people, they just say that they, you want to just take a weapon and, or, and to kill someone. But that is not the case. Even to, to, to sneak into somebody's life, uh, you have you got some couple, they have a good relationship and destroy that one, you kill. Even, even, even in, a, in the church administration, uh, some people that cause a confusion in the church, you kill, you kill that church. Uh, even, even you, you are not peaceful to what you do, you kill that person. Give you the example, just simple example, that you have to see the word kill in different aspect. You can go out to Daninok, you may see a homeless person. That is the homeless, but there's somewhere, somewhere the life went wrong somewhere. Maybe caused by himself or by herself, or somebody caused that one. You know, it was not just being, just went wrong without anyone behind that scene. And that is the kill, okay? So, and this is where I say, uh, you know, you need to believe that you don't have to, to kill. So you need to see where to kill in different aspects, not only to shoot a gun or the weapon. So, and this is my aspiration of being a Christianity. I believe that um, I have to not to do that. Okay. Um, yes, the, the testimony uh, that I want to share with you is a true testimony. So that was 20, when I was studying. That was uh, 2017, 20, um, 20, 2013. 2013, I was in Chisholm, and I went, I, went, I went home, and I was having a poem, I was having a workshop in Cardina. I, and in the Cardina, they, because, you know, people sell themselves in a, in, a, in a different way that if you come close to that person life, it's something different, you know? So the lady come from Europe is, you know, um, is a good, is a good um, uh, preacher regarding to mental health 
alcohol, another drug, and so and so and so. So when I read the, her website, I, I said that I could not have to miss that. So, and then I went home, and then I changed my clothes, and then I, I put a new clothes, uh, went to Den uh, Denok train station. I was in Dufton by then. So when I went to Denok station, and then I realized that I, when I changed the clothes, I have not uh, taken my, my, my wallet. And then I said, if I go back to Dufton again, I will, not, I will miss the, 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 the workshop. So, and then I say, okay, God will open the way. And then I will go to, to workshop without a ticket, without buying a ticket. Okay? I take a risk because I have no option. And then I say that God will help me. Okay, so when I, when I came to the, to the station, there are three, I'm very sure, three people hit on me. And so can I, can I just hear, come brother, and come Lauren, come. So this is how it is. So you just stand here, like, like this, like separate. Okay. So this is, a po- this is a police, and this is a police. And you know, and you know the Cardina station, you need to pass here, okay? So when, when I came from the, uh, come out from train station, and three people are hit on me, and the police is checking them. And then, and then I see there's no, there's no way to sneak out. So I'm out to pass through, through them. So what happened to me, uh, by that time, I just said, God opened the way. God opened the way for me. God opened the way for me. God opened the way for me. And then God opened the way. They have not checked my ticket. They opened the way. They, they opened the way. You know? You know, they opened the way. God opened the way. There's nowhere that I will sneak and there's nowhere that I will justify for not having a ticket. But I was praying in my heart that at that time, my mind, just, I switched my mind uh, to the God. It was just praying. I was not thinking uh, about the work of even my family, but at that time, just switched my mind into the, uh, into the, into the God, so the God will open the way. But God did, did it. So just in that lesson, if, if you are in condition, if you are in condition, just switch your mind to the God, and you will get a victory. So, and this is, this is something that encouraged me that um, sometimes you can pray in the other season and that may not answer you. Uh, maybe it's not something serious. God, maybe something that God uh, not take it as a priority. But it will come a time that is a priority to you, God will intervene. Yeah, so, so you need and so what I want to encourage you, there is um, sometimes um, people being conditioned uh, for uh, a negative uh, attitude than the positive thing. Because there is one of studies um, uh, say that um, the negative took part of brain because they, process, they have a space to process the, the negative. And the, and, the, and the positive is very tiny, very small part in the brain. So people, they, that's why you see, when something that you lost, that will come to your mind and come to your mind. Okay, yeah. And, and the small, that, and the victory that you got, you, will, you, you don't have to, to remember. 
And so uh, coming to uh, to my my work as a community champion uh, within the South Sudanese uh, is something that I will maybe I will share uh, sometime. Uh, but I'm being delegated myself um, to, to to share uh, my experience um, as a mental health practitioner, uh, as a person who that has been uh, trained as um, alcohol and other drug um, uh, counselor. Uh, so I have uh, I have a, a commitment. Uh, that what I want to do. So now, um, so I've been entering into the uh, partnership with ASA, but there are two part of the of uh, there, there there are two people. The other person is just work together to get uh, the the benefit, but there's someone that work uh, in order uh, to save. So, so they, and then the, the benefit they will they will, uh, they will they will come after that. Uh, so there there is a difference of commitment. So so in order to receive the blessing, you need to give the good good work. Um, so um, so you know there's something that I uh, when the Larry uh, share with me he share with me about the the, the, the one of the most what us are do. Yeah, it's a soccer, but it's uh, about also to change the to change the behaviors. But you know, you know, we, we Christian we have been conditioned, you know, to just to to just try something uh, that p- uh, other politicians they will they will listen to it. So I think and I believe that Asa is a branch of the church. I believe um, that is say. So when you want to, uh, don't give a pitch to someone, but teach them the way that they will become uh, to pitch. So, and this is the work that Asa will do. Yeah. He will give a skill, he will, he will teach people to, uh, to pitch, and this is what the Asa will, will do. Uh, so, and, the, and I believe, and I believe the, the coach uh, and myself and the people that are being in this agreement they will give a skill. And this is skill that will help these people to stand alone. And I believe in the future, we need to pray with, the, with, 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 our, with our people that are using the services. In, in five years time, two years time, we will see someone playing in the, in, the, in, the, in the Europe team. And this is what I believe. So, so let, let, her, let, let her pray. And so thank you for, uh, for, for having this opportunity. And yeah, so I hope you may ask if you need to ask anything. Yeah, thank you. In a couple of minutes, I just want to end with just this verse. If we can just bring that verse up, please, that would be really good. So just to summarize everything that we've heard today, I want to leave us with this verse in Romans chapter 10, verses, uh, verse 14. And 15, but I'm, I'm just going to read verse 13 first. Uh, if we can have that up, that would be great. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of the Lord says, for everyone who calls on, on the name of the Lord will be saved. And as I was thinking of everyone, just, you know, the, the, the mindset of everyone, sometimes when you think, it says everyone, it doesn't say someone. It says every single person, right? But in our own minds and in our experience, sometimes it is... Vi- we, we come to places, and do you realize that 
do you do you hear the 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 uh, silence? This is more the silent voice inside of our minds as we communicate. When we look at a certain person and we say, uh, "Man, I don't think, I don't think that person's, I don't think the person will get saved." Oh, I, I I think that's that's in the too hard basket. And then we look at this person. Oh, but I tried, and then that becomes a too hard basket. But yet the word of the Lord says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So when within our minds we've already now been selective on who can be saved, then it does not fall into the category of everyone. So what needs to change first? What needs to change first? Our mindsets, ourselves, into believing and into transitioning into this place where we feel it is everyone. If God says everyone, then we must say everyone. And so God takes us on a journey. So, so sometimes we have particular perceptions about different cultures, about different people. I mean, the Jews had that. That's why Paul had to tell them that. Because they just thought it was just for them. But this is everyone, the Gentiles. And then it says this, and we heard from two people today. They had not obeyed the voice of the Lord. If my dear sister had not obeyed the voice of the Lord to go to Mozambique and to go to India, she's got way more to share with us. And she'll get an opportunity again to be able to share. And so has Peter. You know, t- to be able to do this, which, which, which in verse 14, it says this, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? So how can someone call on them unless they believe in him? Folks, just focus here. And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? So, kids, as you're seated here, have you heard of the name of Jesus? You've heard of the name of Jesus and you believe in Jesus, right? And you believe in Jesus because someone has shared with you about Jesus. Am I right? And you love, yes, that's good. That's good. So someone has shared with them about Jesus and so, and so they believe. And so what I want you to do now is I want you to just look at me and I want you to just give me one minute because I'm going to share with you about something that will excite you about believing. How about that? Huh? And so the word of the Lord says this then, as, as, it's, as it says, and how can they believe in him if they have not heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them as someone has told you and as someone has told you? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So how can? So God takes us out of the boat. He takes you and I out of our comfort zone. And imagine this was spoken of in Isaiah and Paul quotes that in Romans and he says this that is why the scripture says how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news you go to certain cultures They greet you this way. They bow before you and they kiss your feet. 
because there's something about you coming to them and bringing something to them. So the word of the Lord declares to us how beautiful are your feet that bring good news. So look at your feet. Seriously, look at your feet right now. Children, look at your feet. I want you to look at your feet. And now begin to think as you look at your feet. Now, Jesus is saying this. How beautiful are your feet? How beautiful is this feet that brings good news? And do you know what that means? So when you go and you go to your friend in school and you say, Hey, I want to share with you something. I want to share with you what Jesus did to me. And I want to share this good news with you. That is beautiful. When you share your snack, you've got two and someone else hasn't got one. And you say, hey, can I give you one of mine? I've got two. Now that is beautiful. And so then the word of the Lord says, how beautiful are are the feet of ones who bring good news. So can I invite you to stand? And I want you to consider this. I want you to consider. I want you to think of Peter as he goes out there. He's taking good news to them in the form of mental health. He's trying to help them in drug and alcohol counseling. He's taking that there. He's taking what he knows into his community within his culture because they will receive him. Now, Livia is, is, has opportunity to, to share with uh, uh, different women even here. And as she goes, our coaches have that, you have that in your place of work. But there are so, we've got, by the way, we've got Melissa who's now um, joining this uh, community here. And she's the uh, KC Citizen of the Year. Wow. And, but Melissa works for an organization called CHIPS, Christians Helping in Primary Schools. And they go all the time into schools and they do amazing work with kids. Amazing work with kids. But she shares with me about the opportunity at the uh, citizenship ceremonies and many different cultures. And when I spoke to her about Hassa, and she said, hey, I know a bunch of South Sudanese kids that hang out at Park Hill. Give me some flyers. I want to go there and talk to them. So I said, you want to go and talk to them? She said, yeah, they're people. That was what she said, they're people. That's how we need to see they are people, people who are out there. Yeah. Not that's in the two-heart basket, but they are people that God loves. They are people that are made in the image of God. Now look down at your feet and, I want, and, and pray that the Lord will now take you. He is going to take you now. Picture the places that He's going to take you in. And the Lord saying this to you, how beautiful, how beautiful is your feet. Children, look at that. Can I, can I invite you to stand as well, children? Why don't you stand with me? Stand with all of us here. Stand with mom and dad. Stand with your, with the, uh, and look at your feet and begin to say, thank you, Jesus, for this feet. Take me now. Take me now to where you want to lead, Lord. Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, into whatever place, into whatever space that you will take me and you will equip me. So today I give you thanks. I give you thanks.